Activist Journeys podcast. My name is Leah Wyman and I'm a student at the University of St Andrews where I study sustainable development and international relations. Usually I host a weekly radio show on St Andrews Radio but since the coronavirus crisis dramatically worsened all over the world and especially in Europe this last week um, all face-to-face classes have been suspended and I'm not even sure if I'll be able to go back to St Andrews in the next few months or for the rest of the semester and exams. Just within a week, so much has changed and it's pretty scary to see how this pandemic is spreading across the world and the impact that it is having, which I'm sure you as listeners can probably relate to. However, partly it's also been quite fascinating to watch the environmental impact of wildlife recovering, less air pollution in China um, and other parts of the world as well, and empty airports across the world. Furthermore, it's really interesting to see how quickly we as individuals and indeed as entire systems are changing when a crisis is actually treated like a crisis, which is very unlike the climate crisis, um, which is evidently still not treated like a crisis. At least one positive light in this time of crisis is that um, the global crisis response to COVID-19 is having a positive environmental impact in terms of reducing air pollution and giving habitats and wildlife a space to recover. But of course, the way that the world is currently being put on hold um, is evidently a temporary solution. And if we want to respond, like if we were to respond to climate change globally with that same seriousness, we could reap a lot more social benefits on top of environmental benefits. Nevertheless, um, off that topic, what I really want to discuss today and which I think we should become more aware of is how deeply rooted the coronavirus is in our planetary crisis. However, rather than me just talking about this, I want you to hear from an expert about it. And I have the great privilege to have a public health specialist right here with me, my mom. And my mom's a pediatrician, clinical director of a hospital, holds a master in public health and is also very passionate about sustainability and has done a lot in terms of working with hospitals on raising awareness on how the climate crisis is also a health crisis. Um, On that topic, we're also going to record another podcast on global green hospitals. So if you're interested in that, stay tuned for that and um, yeah, subscribe to the podcast. Um, However, without much further ado, let's get into the interview. Welcome to my podcast, Professor Dr. Edda Wyman. I'm so excited to be finally recording an interview with you. And you know, that way the world finally gets to listen to a small glimpse of our daily discussions. To dive right into the big question um, of this podcast, how is COVID-19 linked to our planetary crisis? Yeah, thank you very much, Leah, for inviting me. It's really interesting to share. a talk about the current epidemic, how it's linked to our planetary crisis. Um, And it might still be difficult to accept for us, but without our deteriorating environment, um, the collapsing ecosystems, uh, our increased global temperatures, our globalization, the traveling, um, and 
the overwhelming ignorance of nature and our wildlife, the current crisis wouldn't be possible. And it was, in fact, even predicted uh, several years ago by scientists and also echoed by Bill Gates, but uh, not really listened to as usual. And now we face this overwhelming crisis, very unprepared and often completely surprised. Yes, that's very true. And I think in order to understand more of the crisis, we I'd quite like to dive into a little bit more how did it originate. Um, as many of you listeners will probably know, the birthplace of COVID-19 is said to be a live animal food market, also called wet market, in Wuhan, China. The market sold many exotic and endangered animals such as salamanders, peacocks, porcupines, bats and pangolins. The key suspect um, is that the uh, that COVID-19 um, originated from um, pangolins, which are smuggled into China for their meat and scales. However, another potential source could have been through bats or a cross-contamination between several of the live and dead animals stacked upon each other um, on the market. Obviously, they're quite horrific conditions. If you look at the pictures, some of the, uh, the wet market in terms of the animals that are sold there and the skin, yeah, rats and you know bats and some animals live some others others dead um however obviously of course there's not been at the moment there's not been a um, conclusive study yet indicating exactly um what animal um the original COVID 19 outbreak came from um so yeah there's still still lack of clarity in terms of what specifically um where the specific, very specific origin came from um, however, what is clear that it was transferred from animals to humans at the wet market in Wuhan. Um, so yeah, what can you say? How, what does that teach us about diseases in our relation to the earth and the planet? I think you are uh, just mentioning two really important facts. Uh, first of all, it's the endangered species and highly endangered species that are being traded there. And um, you might remember how many uh, petitions we have signed just uh, that pangolins um, are a re-endangered uh, species that needs to be preserved and not, not being eaten um, by people. Um, so in, in fact, uh, having these wet markets um, that should have been forbidden really lo long time and many years ago. And especially on these wet markets, um, different species come very close to each other. And that doesn't happen in nature. That's just happen. It's, it's, it's a very artificial um, background uh, that's, and uh, environment that's created there. And um, so there is a cross, um, there can, for example, happen a close crossover between species on these markets, and probably this might this might have happened there in in Wuhan on on the wet mar uh, wet market, and um, it's 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 in a way it's also very sad because it the, those markets only serve the taste uh, of the rich for ex exotic food and are completely unnecessary and also. For us, as a word, it's completely unnecessary to take those risks. Yeah, and I think obviously it teaches us some important lessons as well on our relation to to our our planet. Um, so, how would you say how does that our ignorance towards those like 
towards wildlife and ecosystems and towards protecting um, our earth have lead to such diseases. Mm. Yeah, as, as, as mentioned before and mentioned uh, in, in uh, many other ways, uh, our complete ignorance of our wildlife and our respect for existing ecosystems uh, and also existing habitats. And this leads also to the questions of uh, healthy planet and of, um, of planetary health. And currently we see with the crisis that this is really something that's, that's highly endangered. Mm. Um, another rather interesting thing that I read recently, read a post online, which showed an interesting link between um, the spraying of um, glyphosate and other toxic pesticides in the area where the virus emerged. and. Um, the suggestion is that the intense spraying of glyphosate impacts both human and animal immune system and that could have perhaps further contributed to the emergence and development of a disease like the current coronavirus. Um, however, yeah, as a public health specialist, would you say that could have been a contributing factor? Well, it's, it's definitely far too early uh, to have an in-depth scientific analysis. Um, to ha and have a look at it, but I think it's it's quite interesting just to have that link between uh, immunosuppressive pesticides and well-known immunosuppressive pesticides, and the creation of new diseases, and really, well, definitely not me, but. Um, I think none of us really would would like to live in Wuhan. Wuhan is my is one of the most polluted places on earth, um, and it can easily become the breeding ground for for new diseases. Uh, but it also shows that we we need a need to have a healthy planet, um, to have a healthy population, and everything what's what's good for the climate and our environment is also good for our health. Yeah, so in what way is is the current crisis only could only be the beginning of an increase, increasing global pandemics if we do not act on um, environment yeah on the these environmental problems or on climate change. Well, that's also that was also described or is described uh, by the Lancet already at least ten years ago. Yeah, that with warming temperatures and warming climate, um, there uh, is a higher risk to have more um, epidemics and also pandemics. And I think that, that that's something we are currently seeing yeah. as a result. Yeah. yeah, like you said earlier, our planet, like our human health is linked to our planetary health. So, so in that sense, if we we're not maintaining a healthy planet we're also harming ourselves and it will come back to us as humans so what can you say what can we actually learn from this um, from this crisis well first of all i think what we currently learn that life can change for all of us very rapidly uh, and unexpectedly so nobody would have predicted this two or three months ago um, and if you would have told somebody that uh, we can't um, travel any longer to Italy, that's so close to us, it's forbidden even to to go to Austria, that's just around the corner, nobody would have believed us. And um, that's I think that's very surprising for all of us. Yeah. In the one way, hey, it's, it's strange because it, I think it evokes quite a lot of emotions in terms of it's scary, but then also 
slightly inspiring as well to see within a few days honestly just things that was taken completely for normal in terms of just being able to walk over to the Austrian border and go to Austria and then now all the signs are crossed through and you can't do it and the empty streets but yeah it's also showing us of course if we want to have change and if change wants to be um, implement change it's actually yeah it is possible if there's if there's will behind it um, so I think that's probably a lesson that I from all of this response that I found quite something very interesting to learn from um but yes what makes um what makes COVID-19 so different to other viruses and why is it spreading so fast well it's it's uh, it's a completely new virus so um we don't know a lot about the virus and about the disease um, and it's spreading also due to globalization really fast. Um, and yeah, and it really has far-reaching uh, effects on, on the population. Um, and yeah, it, it, it really has taken all of us by surprise. Yeah? Mm-hmm. And, and even us as health specialists, uh, we just even struggle um, mm-hmm. and to, to treat COVID and to detect it. So why do you say are so many health systems globally not prepared for this pandemic? Mm. I think in general what it also teaches us that we are not really well prepared for pandemics. Well, we are not even well prepared for um, epidemics, but pandemics definitely not. So there is not a real strategic approach um, how to tackle it best, even in, in, in states. Um, it's it's treated in a very different way. For example, if you have a look at Europe, every um, country does it a bit differently. And even within a country, for example, when you see it in Germany, there's also not one one approach. Every state does it slightly different and um, sometimes also a bit delayed. Um, and when you look at health system and if you want to compare health system, there is a huge difference between a health system world health systems worldwide. Um, for example, if you have a look at ICU beds, the, the amount of ICU beds in, in, in Europe and for example in Britain is very different. Uh, and the preparedness is also very different from, from various aspects. Um, and and we, we need to learn that we have to invest more in our health systems and also have to invest more in global health systems and working to have working health systems. And it was, as the climate, not really a top priority uh, in the past um, to have really good and fun- good functional health systems. Um, and it was also not a priority in elections. When, um, and that also needs to change. Yes, indeed. So what would you say has been one of the biggest mistakes uh, in, in tackling this crisis in terms of that it's not been, yeah, that it's enabled the fact that it's enabled it to spread so far and so wide? Um... Yeah, as it, it's, it's something completely new and also overwhelming for, for all of us and also for our politicians, um, we, it seems so that we are often several steps behind, several steps behind the virus and um, there's, there's still a lot of gray area that's not well known and established. Um, and as the climate crisis um, 
it was not really the, the first priority and it's slowly becoming the top priority and it definitely has become the, the top priority uh, globally uh, to tackle the crisis. But then do you think, what do you think is the importance of, because um, at the moment we try, we try and the, what, how the crisis is being dealt with is very much in terms of the immediate response. But I think long term, obviously, we have to try and learn what we can do, um, what we can do um, to to prevent such things occurring again. So, yeah, how, how would you say, um, how should it be linked to to ensure that something like that is um, yeah is done better in the mm. in the future so i think the first step is really just to uh, strengthen our health systems worldwide in our countries and and also globally but on the other side we need a healthy planet and uh, you can only have a healthy planet if you if you treat the climate crisis as a crisis mm. and that's that's not done and hopefully that's the lesson that it's it's coming out of that COVID-19 crisis um, that that we need to take our environment more seriously as we are just approaching it currently. Yeah, indeed, I, I agree. Um, so what do, would you say to listeners and um, yeah, to people, what can everyone be doing in, in times like this when it, obviously there's a lot of yeah panic and, and behind it as well, um, but what can we all of us actively be doing um, to um, to help, um, yeah, to help um, the the cause and help lessen the crisis. Yeah, as as govern as governments also nowadays also point point pointing out to avoid social contacts, um, just stay at home. Um, I think a lot of traveling is, is, is forbidden and it's good that's that's been forbidden and that you cannot go from one country to another one and even sometimes you are not even allowed to leave your uh, village or your city. Um, yeah, definitely also uh, not um, avoid to go to any restaurants or beer garden or whatever parties. Um, so the corona parties that happened last week <laughs> um, are hopefully now not longer up to date uh, and should be avoided and yeah. people have to stay um, stay at home yeah. yeah i guess it's now that is worsening as well a lot of more people re- realizing the seriousness of it but just like the the climate crisis i guess there's some people who who haven't taken it as seriously at the beginning and that's probably also why it's led to how it is at the moment in terms of um yeah, the, the global response, obviously, and what we can do is very limited. And I think that's probably a very strong link with, yeah, with how we can compare and look at the climate crisis as well, because this, the longer we take to do something about it, the the more difficult it is to respond to crisis. And this is a perfect example to show this, because the longer we wait with response, the worse it gets and the harder it is and the harder the measures will have to be. Mm. Um, so, yeah, to wrap everything up, um, how would you say, can, and what would you say can um, COVID-19 teach us about environmental conservation and responding to our planetary crisis? Yeah, um, as we currently see, the longer we wait, the more victims we get. Uh, and the longer we wait to tackle the climate crisis uh, and to find solutions, um, the, the, the more victims the climate crisis will cost us and uh, will 
COVID-19 victims are victims of the climate crisis and um, a couple of, of days ago I came came across with an, an advertisement showing um, and collecting money and there was um, was a really nice phrase on it or well, well catchy phrase it was not a nice one but a catchy one so they were collecting um, money for the the most endangered species and that is us and that needs to be taken into account. Wow, thank you very much. That's a perfect point to um, end this podcast on and a very important point we all need to consider because we are not immune to our Earth and to what's happening to our Earth. Um, and the destruction of it is also a destruction of ourselves. Um, so yeah, thank you very much um, for this for joining me for this interview. Um, dear listeners, thank you very much for tuning in and for listening to our conversation. And I hope you can, um, yeah, you took something away from it. And I hope you can also share it with other people because I think we really need to have more constructive conversations around this and how um, the corona crisis is actually um, linked to our planetary and climate crisis and how it's part of a bigger problem of how we as humans are interacting with the earth and um, with each other. So, yeah, I think it's a very important point to take forward. Um, so yes, um, please take care of yourselves and of um, of each other. Um, be kind and be considerate as well. Um, crises like these can tend to bring out, you know, both the best and the worst of people. And I think we really need to um, stay considerate of of each other and just, um, yeah, be safe. You know, stay at home. Um, and be respectful towards each other. Um, so yeah, thank you very much for tuning in. I hope you in, um, enjoyed listening to this podcast. And um, yeah, thank you again to um, Professor Dr. Edda Wyman for joining me for the podcast. And yeah, have a wonderful rest of your day. And um, yeah, be kind. <laughs>